Hi, I'm Hannah. And I'm Barbie, Hannah's mom. And we We saved you a spot. spot. Welcome back. We are more excited than we've ever been to have you back. We took a week off because we have um, a lot to be thankful for. We missed um, Thanksgiving at our house. Hannah had a baby. You didn't miss Thanksgiving. I kind of, well, I mean, I went to Thanksgiving. I had a good Thanksgiving. I missed Thanksgiving. I left early. Where were you Thanksgiving? I was in the hospital. With, what was your blood pressure? Preeclampsia. <laughs> At its highest point. Yeah, it was like 184 over 110. And what else fun happened to you? I had a baby. Yeah, he's cute. What's his name? His name is Henry Beecham Hickox, uh, but he goes by HB. He's so cute. I love him. I love him. And um, he's your first baby. Mm-hmm. Casey, like him? Loves him. Loves him. He's a good dad. He is a good dad. Well, how did you end up having your baby? Because your baby was due December 15th. And then they're like, okay, we're going to induce labor the day after the charity poker tournament. But surprise, November 24th, you have a little baby. Yes. Um, And luckily I had gestational diabetes, so he was big enough. (laughs) How big was he? He was seven pounds, 12 ounces, right? Mm, Which is much better because... You were 8'4", Casey was 10-something. Yeah, so he was 7 pounds, 12 ounces, 20 and a half inches long. Um, and I had to have a C-section because my blood pressure was through the roof and I was nowhere near where I needed to be to give labor after being induced for 18 hours. So I have a little complaint about that. And I was such a good mother-in-law. I was so good. You were so good. I, I, I'm not used to taking the back seat in your life, but I realize you have a husband and <laughs> I should do that. So I did. Yeah. But the thing that made me crazy is they have all these little rules and um, you keep looking over at your baby. Grandma Jan's holding the baby right now. Um, <laughs> anyway, they were going to induce you at midnight. And I kept thinking, What's the difference between it's the four CYA. o'clock? Ooh, assets cover your assets. Yes, yes, ma'am. Um, it just bothers me so much. Could a doctor? So what happened is at like four o'clock in the afternoon on earlier twenty third. Yes, on Thanksgiving, we found out for sure that I had preeclampsia. We thought so because of my blood pressures, but then they did that urinalysis and it came back over double of what it needed to be like for protein um, and to, to have preeclampsia. And this sweet little midwife, she's sleeping in a special room in the hospital. And they're like, at midnight, we're going to start the induction, which I thought induction, okay, we're going to go and we're going to have a baby. But no, it's the slowest stupid thing ever. Well, but it's not for everyone. It's just the way that my body, my body reacted. No, yeah. And they don't do it because like... Because I wasn't supposed to, like my body didn't want to give birth yet. No. Well, and, and some it, people that they induce, like their body reacts because they're like close to giving birth. My body would not have wanted to give birth for a long time. No. Well, and... and the, here's the thing. You were already exhausted because you'd been in this... I'd been in there for two days. Yep. And you were tired and, and you were thinking, okay, I'm going to have a baby. And they had to wait until the clock ticked midnight for protocol to kick in. Because I was 37 weeks and that's technically term. And there, it was more beneficial for you to go into labor or for you to start your induction at four o'clock rather than midnight. So why couldn't a doctor just sign the paper... We're going to go ahead and give her a pass on this eight hours because eight hours sleep means more than eight hours checking the box. Um, for their own benefit. Mm. I didn't, because I didn't understand that part. But They said it's just protocol. Yeah. And policy. Which yeah. Protocol and policy. Two words I despise. Do doctors, <laughs> do doctors get to override protocols and policies? They, they could. If, it, if they saw it medically necessary, they could. Had my blood pressure been that high earlier in the day, I think they would have. But it didn't get that way until late the next day, remember? I could have just got you jazzed for the, you know, I could have just said some stuff you didn't like. I don't like that you said got you jazzed. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, no, well, but that 184 over 110 was with the two blood pressure medications they'd already put me on. Yeah. Um, And it was bad. Goodness, it's so different. Okay, I had my last baby, you, 28 years ago. And well, with you, I didn't have Pitocin. I used um, castor oil. Did Pitocin, wait, but you've had Pitocin. I had Pitocin with my other two babies. Did it, um, oh. 
There's my son. Yeah. Um, did it work for you? Because it didn't work for oh, me. Oh, yeah. Well, it kind of worked and I had him break my water. Sorry, guys. If if men are listening, we love you. Listen in. Um, or don't. We get it. Or this, don't. This we, we get it. This is this is Hannah had a baby and we're super excited. This is a recap. But uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, back in the old days, they give you Pitocin. It was like the Matterhorn. You know, that ride at the fair. You yeah. want to go faster? Yes, I want to go faster. But apparently now I understand that during a contraction, the baby doesn't really breathe well and that's not good for the baby. So the Pitocin? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and remember, I broke out in hives and got really hot. Yeah, your ears were and bright I, like red. Like I started to swell. Yeah, that didn't work very good. So fast forward, they tried all their tricks. None of them worked. Your health was declining. Baby was doing great. Well, and my blood pressure was that high without even pushing. Yeah. And that was on two blood pressure medications, which I'm not normally on blood pressure medications. They just put those on. They put me on those in the hospital. Yeah, and you were you didn't even have any knees left. I looked for your knees and it was like all the same shape all the way down. No, it was cr- The amount of swelling was insane. So then we had, it came to be about seven o'clock at night and I had had too many severe blood pressures in a row. Yeah. Um, and so then we had to have the discussion whether or not we wanted to continue with the induction or have a C-section. And I, I was such a good little mother-in-law. Again, what did I do? I mean, this is all about me. Let's cheer for mom. Apparently it is. <laughs> um, what, which which thing, Mom? I went out in the hall so you and Casey could pray and talk about it. Yeah, and thank we you did for letting that. me be there. Good job, you did great. Um, yeah, so Casey and I prayed and talked about it, and I was so exhausted by this point because I I hadn't slept in the hospital at all because they had to have the monitors on my stomach mm-hmm. to make sure that HB was okay. Um, but the monitors, if I ever turned on my side, you know, kept on like coming off of his heartbeat. Um, so I, I, I just couldn't sleep. And you're not allowed to sleep on your back. So I was just awake. Um, and that was, you know, like for two or three nights. Um, and so when we were having our discussion, you know, we, we talked a lot about how like if it's already this bad and they had to put me on a third blood pressure medication, the one that makes you really sick and swollen and lethargic and all of these like horrible things. And they had already done that at yeah. that point. Um, you know, that there's no way, even like, especially with my severe blood pressure at that point, just imagine what it would have been pushing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the safer option at that point, and, you know, the doctors and midwife agreed, was to have a C-section, which we weren't planning on doing. And I was terrified. And so the last mom part, because then exit mom, I prayed with her because the agreement was... I'm way too involved in my daughter's life, but I like her. No, you're great. Um, And I have a wonderful son-in-law. But anyway, the agreement had always been that they would have their first time together, you know, to bond as a family. So I would go away. Well, at this particular hospital. Not Not so you would go away. (laughs) No, I would go away. So you guys could have your own family bonding time. Just the labor was supposed to the actual like, what is it? The delivery. The delivery was supposed to just be us. You and Casey and the baby. Yeah. And then we were wanting you to come in right after, but because it was 10 p.m. when we had the C-section. I couldn't be there. No, and it wasn't, we couldn't do anything about it either. No, no, no. And so I prayed and I went away and I cried just a tiny bit because you're having this. I was, I was nervous because this is your first major surgery. Wisdom teeth at 14 and now. 13. Was it 13? Great, yeah. Mm. And anyway, but so you guys, okay, so I'm gone. I'm driving home and we have this big family watch party at home though. Ew, not a watch party. Nobody <laughs> watched my C-section besides Casey. <laughs> Let's clarify that no, right now. No, but we were all over at Mario's house and um, we were waiting for the call to come in. Yeah, I thought that was really sweet. Yeah, no, it was like 11.30 so at night. I didn't even know. I mean, I did. <laughs> Okay, let's just talk about that. Okay. So nobody tells you the amount of drugs they put you on when you have a C-section. Like, I had never heard that. Um, and my sister-in-law has had had two two C-sections, right? Two C-sections yeah. one and one natural. Um, and she never told me that she was so zonked from these C-sections. Like, they do so much. So I was terrified to get the spinal. Mm-hmm. But you obviously have to. They're not going to cut you like through seven layers without, you know, 
having you completely numb because that would just be a, a travesty. Um, but it was so scary. They like had to hold me down. And one of the nurses was so sweet. She came and she held my hands because I was just petrified. No. And that's the terrible thing. I looked at your little eyes when I left and this is the thing. She's old. She does all these executive producer things and she's 28, but I see her eyes and all of a sudden I see the five-year-old in there. Like, I'm scared. Where are you going? But she has her wonderful Casey. And, um, it was terrifying. Yeah. And it well, it wouldn't have mattered even if you were like able to stay because you couldn't have gone back in the room with me. Right. Because Casey wasn't even allowed to be at that part. And it was so. Oh, he wasn't? No, they had him in a separate room at that point. He was allowed to come in once they started um, operating. Okay. But when they were doing the spinal, he wasn't allowed to be in the room. Because mm. um, or else I would have held his hands. Mm-hmm. Um, you know when I wondered why you're holding the nurse's hands. Okay. Yeah, and I felt bad. I was like, I'm so sorry. She goes, I thought you had carpal tunnel. I said, that's why I'm only holding the right one. <laughs> it's so hard because like one hand had worse carpal tunnel than the Did other. Did that go away after you had the baby? Um, it's still a little sore because I'm still a little swollen. Yeah. Um, but it's gone down significantly. What have you lost over 25 pounds in in fluid and weight so far? N- yeah. In 10 days. In yeah, nine days. Nine days. Yeah, or ten days. Ten days. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's been pretty easy. Breastfeeding yeah. helps, but um, so they put the spinal in, and it was scary because like I was apparently like uneven with how like, how I was sitting. Um, like one side was like a little cocked, so like they had to like readjust me mm-hmm. and put me well because the table was so high too, and my feet were dangling off the edge, and I had what? to curve my back. Yeah, because they. What put happened it, to the stirrups? What? No. They got your feet dangling? Yeah. Oh, because they're cutting in your belly. Oh, okay. No, no, no. To put in the spinal, mom. Oh, this is all over my head. Okay. Yeah. Um, And they had to get between the certain, is it vertebrae in your back? And I was so. Oh, I know this. Vertebrae. Vertebra. What is the plural? I don't know. You just said you know this. Well, I don't. Okay. Okay, Keep going. Anyway. (laughs) So they had to do that. And then they're like, do you feel numb? And I was like, I don't think so. And then they're like, do your legs feel like they're getting warm? And I was like, no. And then I was like, oh, they're getting warm. <laughs> they're getting warm. And so I was good up until this point. So then they like move my legs and my body onto this really skinny table, uh, which I didn't know. It was, like it was a thinner than average table. Why did they do that for pregnant women? I don't know. Maybe to make us like want to lose weight afterwards. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> sure. But um, so they do that. And then it's time they put up this like what looks like a shower curtain from my chest down. And they asked me if I could move my legs. And I was like, I can't, I have no feeling. (laughs) Like it felt like, have you ever had like sleep paralysis? Yes. Yeah. When you get older, fun fact is when you lay on your nerves, you you get up and it's like, Oh, I got to give it a second. I can't feel that leg. (laughs) Yeah. So I couldn't, I couldn't move my legs. Uh Um, It felt like sleep paralysis. Like when you wake up and you can't move, like you're like, (gasps) Um, and it was very, very strange. And I knew that they had started to cut into me and luckily Casey came in at that point, but then I felt just this rush of nausea. And even before Casey was coming in my arms, they have these, um, they have these little, like, I think of them like a bird wing. Have you ever seen a totem pole? And you know, at the top, how they have like the two bird wings. So imagine you're laying on a totem pole, like it was like laying on the ground and your hands. What do they have you strapped to those? I don't remember if my arms were strapped or not, but they were like flailing all over the place. Uh-huh. Like, and I was shaking so much and like, I was like, <laughs> like teeth chattering and yeah. everything. Um, and I think it's because of the spinal and all the different drugs that they had me on. And all of a sudden Casey's there, he's sitting at my head. He's not supposed to be watching, but he looks anyway. Um, of course and, he did. Of course. And he saw like my guts and stuff on the table. And What? They put your guts on the table? Not like on that same table. It's like a side sterile table. Alicia, I know you're listening. My niece is a nurse. She's listening like, okay, I told you about this. I warned you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he was like freaked out a little bit, but um, he was being really sweet and he would rub my head. Uh, but it was at this point where all of a sudden just this rush of nausea hits me. And I, mind you, I hadn't eaten forever or drank anything. And so there's nothing to puke up. And so I'm like dry heaving and I feel like I'm like choking because... I felt like I couldn't breathe. Does that make any sense? Yeah. When you're like just dry heaving and you don't feel like you can breathe at all. Yeah. Um, and so I'm dry heaving in case it's like, it's okay. It's okay. And I was like, I don't feel good. <laughs> oh. And um, so finally 
I like they had like a little like puke bag near me and finally like a little bit of bile came up. But then it happened again and there was no puke bag and I puked on Casey. <laughs> and I felt so bad. I'm laughing that you're saying puke. I always thought you were more of a vomit girl. I don't know. I think they're interchangeable. Okay. Why? <laughs> Nothing. I just, you're such a classy little soul. And then I hear oh, this. Oh, it's puke or vomit. I think they're I, pretty equally I, trashy. I don't know. I think it's vomit. You guys can weigh in on that. When I moved to Florida, I learned another word for it. What Do is you it? know that? What? Yak. I've never heard that word. Yeah, it's a very, I think it's a very regional thing. I think that sounds like a party word. No. Really? No. I'm, I'm going to look it up, but I don't know if, um... Where? No, don't go on a bird trail. Yak. No, hold on. Okay, sorry guys, we're going on a bird trail. Uh, when referring. So while you're looking this up, did you yak, vomit, or I'm sure there's another word. One of my nurse friends can let us know. Anyway, did you do that the whole time you're Yeah, there? basically. And so as soon as they had HB out of me, uh, they're like, we, they said, as soon as we have the baby out, we can give you more medicine to take away your nausea. But there was certain, apparently you can't give this like this certain anti-nausea medicine before he's born, like before they cut him out. Would it affect him? I, I guess so. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure, but they had given me like a shot to take of like some sort of nausea medication um, before, uh, not like a shot in your arm, but like a, like an actual shot that you drink. Mm-hmm. Um, it tasted horrible and I don't think it helped. <laughs> um... But they'd given me that, and then there, I guess there was something that they'd put in the IV to help me, but it didn't help me at all. <laughs> nobody tells you about that part of it. No, nobody told me, which is wild. And then I got really bad dry mouth, and my whole body was just hot and numb. And then, so we get done, or sorry, <clears throat> backtrack. So it only takes from the time surgery started, or at least when I think it started, mm-hmm. um, to, because I remember them saying 1018 for something. To him actually getting out, it was three minutes. Wow, that's fast. It was quick. Um, and I noticed my blood pressure had dropped. Oh, that was the other thing. They had, they had to continually monitor my blood pressure. So my arm was tight, too. Um, and you see my blood pressure just plummet, which it's almost, I feel like it might have been a good thing that my blood pressure was so high. Yeah. Because um, then it was, you know, like a normal or just slightly below normal blood pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, but from the time that they had HB out of the womb, uh, to the time I got to hold him, it was 1021 when they got him out. It was 1050 before I got to hold him. Oh, that's it a was long a time. really long time. Um, and it's cause, so it took him a second to cry, but then after that he started making this like weird grunting noise. Well, he's three weeks early when he's born. Is yeah, that right? he was born three weeks early. Um... And so I, I think that's, that that was why they took so long. So they're doing like kind of extra monitoring and testing on him um, before. But he was grunting instead of crying, right? And they were kind of well, concerned about his cr- lungs he, or something? Yeah, he had cried. But yeah, they were worried about his lungs. Um, but he turned out to be 100% fine and his oxygen levels were good and everything. It, and, was, it was a blessing. Well, and there's, okay, forward to the next day because they said three strikes and he's out and it's something about you having gestational diabetes and they check their blood sugar I never knew this about the baby that they're making insulin to make up for the diabetes is that correct wait say that one more time okay so the nurse was talking okay about all the things you needed to do to make sure his sugar stayed up right and they, she called it three strikes, you're out, and you have to go to so the bigger had, hospital downtown. So he had to make sure his blood sugar was above 45 every time they took his sugar every hour. Because you had gestational diabetes. Or every two hours. It was either every hour or every two hours. But yes, because I had gestational diabetes. And he had been making his own little insulin to compensate for it. Right. And um, he needed to quit making it because... Well, he still makes his own insulin, but he didn't... He not was so having much. to overcompensate right, in right. the womb. Um. And so one time, there there was twice. There was one time that it was 44. Okay. And we were like, shoot, that's not good. And it's because they were trying to get me to strictly breastfeed, but colostrum is not enough to keep his sugar up. Because mm-hmm. um, that's all I was producing, obviously, at the time. Um, and so the reason, and then the other time, the next, not next time, but it was like two times after that, 
it went from 67 one time to 36. And so then they had to take a vial Oof. of his blood from his heel, which was excruciating to watch because what they do is like they do like a heel prick and then they um, just continually squeeze. I saw, I was there when they did that. That was really, I felt so it bad. It makes you want to vomit. Yeah. Like from, it just makes me so sad. I didn't like that. No. Um, anyway, so he, uh, the way that we got his blood pre- or blood sugar up is that we just had to supplement with formula because my breast milk wasn't in yet. Well, and now he's healthy. Yeah, and he only lost four ounces in the hospital, which is really good because they're allowed to lose up to 10% of their birth weight. Mm-hmm. Um, so he did really fantastic. No, he looked, and he's healthy and he's beautiful. Yeah. And um, I was going to tell you another cute little thing about him. I don't know. Casey's helpful. Casey's been wonderful. Yeah. I think it's weird to say helpful because Casey's full on dad. Yeah. Yeah. He really, he's just been amazing. And um, he's good at swaddling. Yeah. (laughs) I know that's a weird thing, but, um, oh, that was the the other thing. So after the Mm -hmm. C-section, they were sewing me back up after they let me hold him. Um, And Casey and HB went back to the room Mm -hmm. and they finished sewing me up. And so I finally went back to the room and they were, teaching me how to breastfeed but I was on all these like pain medications and I told them and I was like you're gonna have to tell my (laughs) husband this I was like because don't tell me I won't remember tomorrow um which was true I didn't remember and Casey was kind of teaching me how to breastfeed the next day oh that is the cutest yes because I didn't remember um and there were all these I remember there being a ton of people in the room and I facetimed you guys but I don't fully remember it you did because you knew could that. Could you tell that I was out of it? Yeah, I could tell you were out of it. And um, I just thought you were doing great. And I thought Casey was doing great. And he stayed at the hospital the whole time. Yeah. Um, I'm looking for something. What? There's a couple little people had questions and comments. Oh, one, um, one friend okay. that listens to the podcast, she wanted you to, under, to explain the name HB, how Casey... And you decided he was going to be named HB and how that all came about and who HB was and all of that and why you're calling him HB and not Henry. Can you just tell that whole something something? That's a lot. I know. Okay. So uh, it comes from Casey's family um, on his mom's side. His um, papa, his daddy's name uh, was HB. And he went by HB his entire life and didn't even know his full name, what HB stood for. Um it wasn't known until he passed away. And I don't know exactly how it came about. And they figured out that his name was Henry Beecham. And that's what HB stood for. Um, but everyone knew him as HB. He only knew himself as HB. Did he ever know his name was Henry Beecham? No, he didn't. And I don't I don't know how it was figured out. Interesting. But that's what his name, that's what his name was. And he used to go by B instead of just like HB. Oh, he would just go by B? He would go by B. Oh, and I did so not Casey's know that. calling... HB sometimes. Hey, B. Really? Isn't that cute? No, that's adorable. Yeah. And so um, I actually did a little Easter egg of sorts before HB was born. And I had this little necklace on, but nobody noticed. And I was very proud. And I had gotten it made at um, the Atlantic Beach Farmer's Market. And it has an H, a B, and a cross. And nobody noticed, and I was so proud. Your little secret. My little Easter egg. <laughs> I love it. That's a cute little Easter yeah. egg. Yeah. Well, and so that's how he was named. Um, and I like to call him Henry sometimes, but HB's growing on me. Now, is there is there a reason that Casey got to... Because some people are like, oh, was it fair? I think you guys were both in agreement that... Because you really love Papa and yeah. highly admire him. Yeah, and Papa really loved his daddy, so... Yeah, and and I think Papa was always, you always felt like Papa was really good in Casey's life and the wholesome. Reminding you, may, I think Papa reminds you of Grandpa Elmer, your grandpa. Yes, yes, he absolutely did. And I thought it was a good way to honor Casey and to honor, you know, his family and stuff. Yeah, well, now tell me, just for fun, because someday uh, HB will listen to this, a little bit about Papa. Do you know, like, fishing, hunting? What what does Papa do? What do you know that Papa does? Woodworking? What do you mean? Yeah. I mean, does, I hear little bits and pieces. He does a little bit of everything. Um, I mean, he's a good fisher, and Casey loves going fishing with Papa. Out in their, and they have some kind of a little boat or a sled, or what do, you, what do they? They have a few boats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, I think they still have the pontoon. Cause I, cause Mimi, Casey's grandma cracked me up the other day when she's talking about his fishing poles and all the different fishing poles oh, he gosh. had. And he's got one for all different, all different kinds different of fish. fish. And the reason why you don't have just one fishing pole uh, is because, you know, there's all these different kinds of fishing and you don't want to have to re, um, what is it, reline? Re, restring it for the bait or I yeah. don't know. It was interesting. It was funny. But it, it made me laugh when he was talking about him that. Mm-hmm. Because he, uh, he now has, what, five or six fishing poles? It's so many. Um, but yeah, and I think my favorite thing about Papa is like what a good influence he's been in, in Casey's life. And his best thing? Is that he loves Jesus with all his heart. Yeah. Yeah. I, I And you know, the, here's the funny thing about that. And I, we have a fun little uh, story to share with you guys next. But um, growing up, from the time I got pregnant with any of my children, I prayed for who they would marry one day. And I asked God to please give Hannah a man that would love him more than anything and love Hannah with all his heart. And God has honored that prayer. That was, I remember finding out it was pregnant. I thought, this is so silly. And I'm like, no, 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 it's too important not to do. And God's honored that prayer. And kind of like the blind, we watch the blind. And, you know, you think of a pivotal moment. There are certain decisions in your life that are pivotal. Yeah. And marrying Casey was pivotal in how your future and and your children and everything, how your story will play out. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. But hey, do you want to do our fun little... uh, We're going to be so cheesy. No, we're cheesy. Okay. We have a fun story. It is my absolutely most favorite story that I read to my children growing up. And somebody threw it at me. Um without me knowing what I was getting into when Mario was three years old. And I'm thinking, Mm -hmm. oh, come on, I'll read you the story that Aunt Linda got you. Oh, Aunt Linda got it? Aunt Linda got it for Mario when um, he turned, I want to say three, but I think it was two actually. Yeah. And I thought I was reading to all the kids and then it really choked me up. So I'm thinking we've all got our places and uh, why don't you go ahead and kick it off? Okay. I don't know, Mom. I feel so corny about this. Okay, we're corny, but go with us on this, you guys, because I think you'll enjoy it. It's the Christmas holidays. It's the thing. We just this went story through. made me cry the first time I read it. Okay, well, you won't cry now. With all these <laughs> postpartum hormones, I might. You might, but... All right, so if you love your children, here we go. Okay. A mother held her new baby and very slowly rocked him back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And while she held him, she sang... I'll love you forever. I'll like you for always. As long as I'm living, my baby you'll be. The baby grew. He grew and he grew and he grew and he grew. He grew until he was two years old and he ran all around the house. He pulled all the books off the shelves. He pulled all the food out of the refrigerator and he took his mother's watch and flushed it down the toilet. Sometimes his mother would say, this kid is driving me crazy. But at nighttime, when that two-year-old was quiet, She opened the door to his room, crawled across the floor, looked up over the side of his bed, and if he was really asleep, she picked him up and rocked him back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. While she rocked him, she sang, I'll love you forever, I'll like you for always, as long as I'm living, my baby you'll be. That little boy grew. He grew and he grew and he grew. He grew until he was nine years old, and he never wanted to come in for dinner. He never wanted to take a bath, and when Grandma visited, he always said bad words. Sometimes his mother wanted to sell him to the zoo. But at nighttime, when he was asleep, the mother quietly opened the door to his room, crawled across the floor, and looked up over the side of the bed. If he was really asleep, she picked up that nine-year-old boy and rocked him. I can't. You can, you can, you got it. <laughs> Ew, no, I hate this. Okay. Um, she picked up that nine-year-old boy and rocked him back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And while she rocked him, she sang, I'll love you forever. I'll like you for always. As long as I'm living, my baby you'll be. The boy grew. He grew and he grew and he grew. He grew until he was a teenager. He had strange friends and he wore strange clothes and he listened to strange music. Sometimes the mother felt like she was in the zoo. (laughs) But at nighttime, when the teenager was asleep, the mother opened the door to his room, crawled across the floor and looked up over the side of the bed. If he was really asleep, she picked up that great big boy and rocked him back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. While she rocked, she sang, I'll love you forever. I'll like you for always. As long as I'm living, my baby you'll be. 
That teenager grew. He grew and he grew and he grew. He grew until he was a grown man. He left home and got a house across town. But sometimes on dark nights, the mother got into her car and drove across town. If all the lights in her son's house were out, she opened his bedroom window, crawled across the floor and looked up over the side of the bed. If that great big man was really asleep, she picked him up and rocked him back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And while she rocked him, she sang, I'll love you forever. I'll like you for always. As long as I'm living, my baby, you'll be. Well, that mother, she got older. She got older and older and older. One day she called up her son and said, you'd better come see me because I'm very old and sick. So her son came to see her. When he came in the door, she tried to sing the song. She sang, I'll love you forever. I'll like you for always. But she couldn't finish because she was too old and sick. The son went to his mother. He picked her up and rocked her back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And he sang this song. I'll love you forever. I'll like you for always. As long as I'm living, my mommy you'll be. When the son came home that night, he stood for a long time at the top of the stairs, and he went into the room where his very new baby daughter was sleeping. He picked her up in his arms and very slowly rocked her back and forth back and forth, back and forth. And while he rocked her, he sang, I'll love you forever. I'll like you for always. As long as I'm living, forever you'll be. All right, so we had to cut because all three of us were sobbing. We have four generations in this little room where we're recording our podcast, which is really, really incredible for us. Um, so we hope with the holiday season that we just keep our eyes on our savior and our family yeah. and what's important. Yeah. Um, I don't like that you did that to us. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know grandma had never read the book and I, I think she said she had never read the book, I, didn't she? I, I, I don't think I, I just said it's my favorite story, um, yeah. because it always helped me realize, um, but anyway, if you um, buy the book, you'll see the transition of a young parent and the child growing up and then the roles reverse. Yeah. And, also, that's my son in the background. Yeah. So anyway, there's for Thanksgiving and holidays. And let's talk about Christmas now. Uh, yeah. And, and a child is born and, and how beautiful it is and our Savior and Christmas trees. And Christmas trees? Did you know I used to grow Christmas trees? Uh, yeah, I've only heard it like 70 times. <laughs> And um, <laughs> anyway, we were talking about that because uh, the the lighting, you missed the whole lighting of the Christmas tree at Rockefeller I missed Center. it? Yeah, because you were in having a baby. Oh, yeah. That'll happen. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I, I understand that the top of the Christmas tree is like Swarovski crystals. The fancy people crystals, yeah. Yeah, and it's got, I forget how many crystals it has on top, but did you know how that Christmas tree started? Tell me. In 1931. Oh, yeah. It was during the Depression, right? It was during the Depression. And the part that's lost a lot of times is the majority of the, okay, so for those of you who haven't heard this, um, the Christmas tree was put up, a lot of the the workers that were excavating the site for Rockefeller Center, um, they got their money together to buy this, I think it's like a 20-foot balsam Christmas tree. The first one in 1931. The very, the very first one in 1931. It looked pretty scarce. It looked very um, Charlie Brown-esque. It, it did, but, you know, um, they talk about the, the men put their money together, but they were mostly Italian immigrants is my understanding. Really? And I, I tried to find different sites and read different resources, and it was Italian immigrants. But um, they were trying to honor their Catholic traditions, and a lot of the decorations on that tree were 
um, there there were berries, but some of the garland and the and the they talk about tin being on there, but actually some of that metal were the ends of the blasting caps from excavating. Yeah. And um, Make so sure you have your mic turned. Yeah, I thought, I thought that was kind of cool. Wait, so wait, explain to me the tin. I I want to make sure I'm so understanding. So the end of the blasting caps, uh, there was a tin at the end What's of it. What's a blasting cap? Well, to to blow to to dynamite out the areas. Oh, where they were ty- trying to dynaf- dynamite out the areas, and they talk about the tin foil ends of the blasting caps for okay. for blasting out that area. Interesting. Okay, that's cool. And um. Yeah, so I just thought that was really neat. And then it went forward in 1933. Rockefeller, you know, it was so well received that um, a publicist decided to make the tree an annual tradition. And um, they held the first official lighting ceremony with a 50-foot tree. Holy moly. And then in 1936, they put up true tr- two trees, I can't talk, to mark the opening of the skating rink. Wait, which, they had two trees? In 1936. Hmm. And... Um, it marked the opening of the skating rink that is still there. We've been on and it. They, they held an ice skating competition. But you, we, what year did we go there? We've been 2013. there. 2013. 2013. It was November of 2013. Yeah. We went as a whole family. We tried to do a lot of family vacations. And in 2013, we went for the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade. Vicky wasn't able to make it with us that year, but um, the rest of... All of the family we had, we've added quite a few babies since then, but we all went. Quite a few? All of the babies. What do you <laughs> we've mean? We've added four babies since then, but we went and we um, we rented a flat. And a limo. And a limo. It was the best trip ever um, because it was right. We, we got there the day before Christmas or no, no, no. The day before Thanksgiving. Yeah. And we had an apartment for five days, six days. And we all slept in Manhattan. In, yeah. In bunk beds. Oh, it was so cold. So it was an Yeah, okay, that was trash. It was freezing even in the apartment. It was the coolest old apartment on the first level, walking distance to Times Square, and but Trump Tower. Yeah, walking distance to everything cool. And um but she turned the heat down so low. And we were freezing. Didn't I mean, we like contact her and see like to try and get it turned up? We ended up turning on the gas stove and, and the burners and opening the oven because we were just... We every, it, was, it wasn't we like, oh, we're a layers. little cold. We were we had layers on and there was this cute fireplace that you couldn't burn. And we wanted to take showers to try and get warm, but the water heater was so small, we couldn't. And But the building, it, it was kind of... um, It had this ambiance about it because you could hear the old steam furnace tried to turn on and you in the whole building rattled it was pretty cool it was an old old it would have been cool if we had a fireplace that we could use i know i know it's true um and there was a pipe running through the apartment that you could go hold onto the pipe like a cup of hot water and you could fill the pipe it's like if you want to be warm we'd fill the pipe but anyway the night before we went where did we go we went to the parade route where they were inflating all the balloons for the we went next to the day quiet zone oh you're talking about no, the night, the night before. before remember we it went and saw all the, the balloons uh, what what was that? It was a national museum. Oh, the archive. I heard. Uh, I'll think of it. Is there a Smithsonian? In no, New no, York? no. It was the one where the movie was made, where all the little people came alive. <laughs> Not at the museum. Yeah, I think so. I thought was that in New York or was that in D.C.? D. I can't remember. See, what a waste Famous of money to spend money on museums. a trip on me. But you know what I really loved? What is we got a hot chocolate and we're looking in all these upper echelon homes you know the people that can afford to live in the beautiful old homes and we're looking and we're seeing christmas it was so cool it was Wait, so are you talking beautiful about during the parade when we saw people like watching from their apartment no that was the next day but the night before remember they had their lights on and we're freezing and they're in their houses and we can see their christmas and we were like tree peasants and they were just but living it up these beautiful big old buildings yeah their homes yeah, yeah. It, it was, was gorgeous. Really cool. I was happy that we made it to Chelsea Market because that was my favorite. That's yeah. my favorite. We're not. We're talking about the parade, the Macy's parade yeah. first. Oh, that was a hoot. That I did love it, but we are never getting. We thought, oh, the quiet zone, good people won't be able to talk, and we can hear the no the, the parade musicians. had to be quiet. Yeah, the parade was quiet there for some reason. I think it's so that um, okay, if you ever go to the Macy's parade, do not go to the quiet zone. I thought the quiet zone was for us. For us to be quiet so everybody could hear the musicians and the band and stuff. No, it's quiet there. All the bands and the music stops there so that 
in front of Macy's when they're on television, yeah. you don't hear an overlap of, of music. So don't ever go to the quiet zone, but we got there really early. We got at the front of like five or six layers of people. It was so cold. The cold in New York City sucks the heat out of your feet. Yeah. You can wear eight pairs of socks in like 10 pairs of pants and it doesn't matter. I looked, I've been skiing and been warmer. Oh, a hundred. When we went skiing in Asheville, so, or wherever we were, where were we? Oh, you went to Gatlinburg, but I used to go skiing in Washington state all the time. No, I know, but that was really icy when we went there. Oh yeah. It was icy. It was way colder in New York. And the only thing I could think is those poor little girls in those baton twirly outfits, how they survived. Well, I don't know, mom, because when we, when Casey and I went to Montana um, and it was snowing and we went hiking, I had to take off my Carhartt because I got so warm hiking. I guess if you're so moving, like, if that you're helps. moving, it's really not bad. But and then we got we we thought, OK, we're going to go to the subway building and or the subway business. And we bought some sandwiches going at to first. Subway, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we bought sandwiches. So and funny. then we went back and we had to use a restroom. And the only way you use a restroom, there's not. There wasn't porta potty set up anywhere, was there? On the prey route. Not that where we were anyway. So we bought coffee and we kept buying things to use the restroom and to get warm. And Huli, all 92 pounds of her, she was, her lips were even purple. Her, and the color was gone out of her face. Yeah. It was freezing. But we were, we started out talking about Christmas trees. What? You're not going to talk about the rest of Subway? Oh, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> they wouldn't let the police officers use their restroom even. Yeah. No, but then there was some scuffle. I don't remember what the scuffle that happened was. between Mario and dad and the subway employees. Oh, because we bought stuff and they were still making us leave. Yeah. So like we were bu- buying things and using their restrooms and they weren't happy about it. But we were buying things like we were paying customers. Yeah. I don't know. And it's, they weren't about it. We're not, we're not used to New York. We don't know all the rules. But, uh. What? You're giving me a look again. (laughs) They weren't being decent. No, they were being stinkers. It's true. But when the police officers came in and they wouldn't let him use the restrooms, I thought, oh. I could not believe how rude they were to the police officers. And they were nice police officers. They were very nice. Yeah. So I was super surprised. But anyway, then during that same trip, um, we went to Rockefeller Center and I'd never been there. It was really cool. And you and Huli went ice skating. But the ice was rigid. Oh, yeah. Because there were thousands of people that were just going on it every day. And, like, they didn't... I don't know if they didn't have time to use the Zamboni on it or if it was just... It didn't matter because there was just such an influx of people on it. Well, and you used to take ice skating lessons, so explain what the Zamboni is. The Zamboni is this kind of truck of sorts that comes out and puts warm water on the ice. Um, And... The warm water, um, it melts the ice a little bit and refreezes. Um, Is that what it does? I thought it melted the ice into, a little bit. Maybe it. Okay. Does it, does it melt the ice or maybe does it? Maybe it just melts the ice. I don't know. But here's the, what it does is it smooths the ice. Okay. You look it up. because I'm, I'm sh- Actually, that makes more sense because they're not just going to keep on adding layers and layers no, of no, ice. Yeah. I think it melts the ice a little bit because it makes it all smooth. So yeah. you can skate without the. My point was it gets hot. So then it can get cold and refreeze smooth. Okay, there you go. Anyway, um, the Christmas tree was not lit yet. We were so disappointed. We were leaving the day before they lit the the tree. So I yeah. want to go back. Dad does not want to go back. I don't want to go back. Um, but I just so want to see him light the tree. Well, you can do that. But um, like during World War II, yeah. they couldn't, when they decorated the tree, they couldn't use any materials that were used in war efforts. Um I saw, I read something about it. It was really interesting. Wait, you said, wait, what about oranges? So in 1942, when they lit the Christmas tree, they couldn't use any materials that were used for war efforts. Um, So instead of one giant tree, there were three smaller ones and they decorated each of the trees in flags, three colors. One, it was the first year that three trees were, and the trees were replanted, but they had a red, white, and blue tree. That's very cool. I'm sorry. I'm distracted by grandma and baby. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> I think that's fine. Um, that's interesting, though. I had never heard that. Yeah. That was 1943, you said? 1942. Mm, okay. And um, yes. I like all this, like, Christmas knowledge you're bringing. I, By well, the way, guys, I hope you enjoy our intro and outro this week. 
It's Christmas. I, I found royalty-free Christmas music to use. Okay, I want to talk about Rockefeller Center some more because I'm on Rockefeller Center. Okay. Who, who do you think it was named after? John Rockefeller. John D. Um, what was supposed to be, although now it's the tree and um, the skating, what was supposed to be the star attraction at Rockefeller Center? The Met Opera. Sorry, I was like waiting. I was like, <laughs> tell me. Uh, Rockefeller Center was a major attraction during the Depression. Yeah, I can imagine that. And last but not Wait, least. Is today is to date John Rockefeller still the most wealthy man um, in like, like if they were to do, uh, adjust for inflation? Um, I don't, I don't know, but I think his wealth, did I learn that his wealth, something happened with his wealth due to philanthropy? I don't know. I, honey, I'd have to look that up. I'm not sure. But did you know that uh, Rockefeller Center was a fallout shelter during the Cold War? I did not know that. Yeah, there you go. Mansa Musa is apparently the most wealthy man. If you adjust the rate for inflation. Yeah, the title goes to 14th century African Emperor Mansa Musa, and his wealth has been estimated to be the modern-day equivalent of $400 billion. Hey, do you want to hear? That's very interesting. Thank you very much. Okay. All right. I apparently, <laughs> I apparently only one of us is allowed fun facts. <laughs> no, that was a fun fact, but I don't know who it is. So that's why. He's a 14th century African emperor. Duh. Okay. <laughs> um, also, do you remember the metal wire angels? I that do. was a, that was a big surprise. I didn't know that that was a thing in New York. Yeah, they were. They're called the Chanel uh, Herald Angels in the Chanel Gardens, and they debuted. There's twelve of them in 1969. Okay, that's really interesting. Um, but I want to hear more about when you used to grow Christmas trees. And weren't you like, didn't you go into labor sometime while growing Christmas trees? Or am I going crazy? Was that that was that strawberry? Oh, no, 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 I did. I oh. We grew Christmas trees and strawberries. In my former life, um, we grew... Are you a cat? <laughs> Do you no. have nine lives? No, but in my... Remember, I was married before. Yeah. And um, my, my father-in-law had started growing Christmas trees, Grandpa Dick, when he was a young man. And he um, had leases, state leases that he maintained. I mean, there's a lot of rules and, and everything about that. And we grew Christmas trees. We planted Christmas trees. And it totally wrecked Christmas as far as what? enjoying Christmas trees. Because yeah, here's wait, what happened. you enjoy them now. I love them now. But back in the day, people say, oh, you grow Christmas trees. It's just a little bit part of the year. No, you're shearing them and you're spraying them and you're replanting them. When you say shearing them, does that mean they don't naturally have that shape? Well, not we had sheared Doug fir, and Mario's dad would shear the trees, and Grandpa Dick would shear the trees. I never got good at it. I would just go out to the plantation when we would have different people out there shearing them, um, and that means every every year you'd have people come and shear your trees so that you could maintain that shape as they would grow. Is it like kind of trimming like hedges? Kind of like trimming hedges, yeah. Okay. And that way they're they're denser. They're more dense and, and Re- fuller. Oh, it's almost like trimming your hair. Yeah, it, it's they're they're fuller and you get that shape, so whatever shape you want. And um, so we would have that. We'd have people come in and spray, depending on which cre- trees. For example, the noble fir trees, we'd have them come in and we'd put little sticks at the top because everybody wants that pretty top on the tree. And you what know, do you mean sticks at the top, like to make, to keep it straight? You might tie sticks on the top to keep the, the top of the tree like what, straight. Kind of like what you would do like for a vine to make sure it like grows yeah. up. Yeah, because or- you ever see a pretty tree and it's like, oh, but there's no top. Everybody wants the top to put the star in. Yeah, I mean, because what are you going to do if not? Uh, you know what? I've actually done this before. When mm-hmm. it hasn't had that top part, I'll just shave a few of the branches off and yeah. I'll make a top part. Well, people, when they're paying as much as Christmas trees cost now, don't really want to do that. Wait, how expensive are Christmas trees like average? Mario said that he bought I one saw. here in Florida the other day. What? That one lot was charging, like to get it off of like the actual like Christmas tree lot it was like $300. They're, yeah, they're so expensive now. And back in the day, for example, we sold them wholesale and retail and a wholesale six-foot noble for a Christmas tree was $15. That's it? Back in... 1980? No, when <laughs> Mario was a baby. So back in 1985, a noble for a six, six to eight-foot noble for a Christmas tree was about uh, $15 wholesale. 
You keep on saying wholesale. Do you well, mean wholesale? Wholesale means wholesale. Wholesale, yes. Um, and what that means is somebody would come and buy a lot of trees to go and resell, and they'd have a Christmas tree lot. But um, and then they might buy sheared fir which are the pretty full Christmas trees that most people have. You think that's of- the, Is that the one that you have at your house right now? We have a fake Christmas oh, tree. fake? <laughs> it looks very real. No, I, I, sorry. This is like a sin in the DePola family to have a fake Christmas tree. Yeah. Because, you know, Christmas is about the real Christmas smell and I love it, but- You know what you can do? What? You can put a little air freshener. I know, in and I have, I do. I have little <laughs> plugins because, well, here's the thing. I tried twice in Florida to buy, very last year, to buy a, a real Christmas tree from a really reputable places. And I had to undecorate my tree and get another one. And the place I bought it was really sweet. Oh, and because they the needles were just free. like... The needles, it wasn't just like, oh, some of the needles. It literally looked like nothing but branches. And I'm like, Zane... We're, we and were you were watering crit. it and everything? We were watering. So the rule is with Christmas trees, you always put a fresh cut and you make sure you keep water in the tree stand. And I've always done that. Um, but most Christmas trees, unless you're getting them right from the lot, they start harvesting in October. Really? Yeah. They start cutting in October. And if you're in a cold- In Florida, that's horrible. In Washington, that's, I think, fine. Well, if you're in a cold area, it's fine. Not a problem. If it rains a lot, you're going to get some mildew. So they bail the trees up. They run them through a baler, except for, it was funny, Mario's dad, seriously, and Grandpa Dick. They could they could hand bail. And it's basically when you straddle the tree and you wrap the twine around, they could hand bail as fast as a machine baler. Really? They were so fast. Because you're talking about the thing that like kind of puts a net around it, right? Yeah. But in the old days, before the netting, they hand bailed. They twisted a twine around that would, would catch the branches together. And that's how you would load them on a, on a truck. Oh, so like a logging truck, but for Christmas trees. Yeah. Well, kind of or no? Uh, or would it be more like a pickup truck? You know, this is a happy memory. So Grandpa Dick, <laughs> he had a big four-wheel drive pickup truck, and he'd, he'd put these stakes in the, in the stake pocket holders, and he would get them so tall that it would be higher than the, than the truck. What? He would load it so full of trees, and I, would, I remember one time, I was really young. I was probably 20 years old, and him giving me a little bit of a tease about it because... I'm like, I, I can't drive that because I wasn't very good at driving a stick anyway. Oh, it was a stick and it was four-wheel drive there, and there you were, couldn't see? Oh, yeah. And there were lines all over at their property and he needed me to move the truck. And he was teasing me about it because I didn't want to move the truck. And then he kind of challenged me and I thought, oh, I'm going to either tip this truck over or I'm going to move it. <laughs> <laughs> and so I did. But like um, we used to send trees clear to California and... A 45-foot uh, trailer, uh-huh. um, you know, enclosed trailer. Yeah. I guess you'd call that. What do you call that? It's been a lot of years, Hannah. Uh, like a semi? Yeah, it would be enclosed. It, it'll hold. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, what do you call the the boxes? A 45-foot oh, box. Oh, like a boxcar? Yeah. On a, on a freight truck will hold about 900 sheared fur. Okay. If you're packing it tight. I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, no. 900 on one of those? Mm-hmm. Because you pack, you pack. Okay, but at 900 and you're selling them what for? Um, um, okay, are you doing the math on this right now? Yeah. There's a lot of cost involved and you have yeah, to. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not talking about like the profit. I'm just talking about the overall. The overall cost. So that's only $13,500. Back then. Okay. So it was 1985. Yeah. Are you doing inflation? Yes. Hannah, you're taking the joy right out of Christmas. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just seeing how much it would be <laughs> worth it. You know? Okay. You keep on talking. Yeah. Well, 1985? Yeah. But you know what? The times at Grandma Francis. So they lived down this long, long road and they would bale trees and at all the different plantations and then they would bring them to the home yard and they'd have the orders kind of set up for the different people to pick them up. 
And they'd come from, you know, they might come from far away. They might come from east of the mountains. Really? They might be going to California. They had all these different buyers that would buy them wholesale. And then they'd pick them up at the house. And sometimes they'd be coming at 11 o'clock at night to load out a truck. And Grandma Frances would always have homemade bread and stew and cookies and coffee. And they'd come in the kitchen and they'd talk and they'd be soaking wet. But I learned, because I used to yard the trees out, and... Once you get warm, you don't want to go back out. I'm sure. I remember, I remember that being in Washington, just like after doing yard work all day or something, you oh know? Yeah. I remember yard and trees, you know, we'd have a few guys with saws and what typically would happen, you'd go a couple, couple different ways. Um, sometimes people would come and they'd tag the trees and tagging the trees meant that they wanted to reserve those trees. And when, when tree season came, they wanted you to cut those trees for them. And what we learned after a while is sometimes people would switch tags. Like other people would come into like tag after. Yeah. Other people, everybody had their own tags we had a book and we'd, we'd clip in, you know, what their tag was. And sometimes people would switch tags if they really wanted a tree because they'd send a group out to tag trees for their, for their lots. And so we thought, no, 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 no. And that's so sneaky. And so we would have this book that we would put their order because they'd pay a deposit and we would um, spray paint the butt of the tree. We'd go behind them and we would spray paint the butt. That's what I was wondering. I was like, okay, is there another way you could do it? Like, could you spray paint it or something to match it to be like, hey, this one belongs to this group of people? Yeah, because that's what we would find out. Because they would get, you know, three or four people in there tagging trees. And so we would go in there as fast as we could and we'd be, um, spray paint in the butts and everybody had their own spray paint. Right. And that made made it really clear. No, we, we went right behind you with your spray paint. And because you have a handle on, um, a Christmas tree, you want to make sure you have a good handle because that's where you put the presents. Yeah. You know, you'd, the guys with the chainsaw would go and they go ring, ring, ring. And they'd, they'd cut the bottom limbs. Okay. And then they'd cut the tree and you don't, you drag the, well, first of all, you're not supposed to drag the tree through the mud. You're, so you're supposed to... Right. We're called yarders. You yard the trees out <laughs> and you go with the butt first as you're walking and you're kind of lifting it because you don't want to drag it. Right. And you don't want to break any li- any limbs off because nobody wants a tree with broken limbs. Right. And um, anyway, but it had a handle. Interesting. And that helps, you know, because you put the tree in the, as things got more um, advanced in the baling machine you called it a baling machine right and the the twine or the netting would go around it and it would suck it tight it would protect the branches and it make it more compact compact for- no i remember i've seen it um on any christmas movie you watch you'll always see like it the the netting around it mm-hmm. when they like bring it home also i'm sorry if anyone hears my son i had to take him from my sweet grandma because he was starting to fuss and so i'm feeding him a bottle right now yeah this is, we're learning how to, how to podcast with a new baby, but we missed you all and we wanted to um, kind of let you know what was going on in our life and we're excited for Christmas and we thought it was fun because I did, I, I was part of growing Christmas trees for probably about 10 years. How cool is that? And it was really fun and I loved it and tree season was, tree season was fun. I just, I never decorated my tree until well, about the, sap- the 23rd. Well, oh, oh, okay. Sorry, I interrupted you, but I had No, a no, no, go ahead, what? Do you have a, a a hack for getting sap off of your hands? Gojo. What is Gojo? Gojo was this stuff. Um, it's what gets sap off is your hands. Is it oily of sorts? It's, it's like a greasy, creamy stuff. We always used Gojo back in the day okay. because your hands, my hands, Hannah, look somewhat like a girl's hand now, but my hands, I could have scratched your back with my palms at one so time in my Casey. life. And and I used to have this thing called a fern knife because I could cut the the string really fast. You'd put it around your I know exactly what you're talking your about. Your middle finger and it has a little hook on it. And your hands would get so numb. I mean you and I, we wear gloves when we go outside because our hands are cold, but sometimes gloves just slow you down. And it's like, I'm in a hurry. You grab it and my fingers would be numb, but I didn't know that I was damaging my hands until your hands would thaw out later. And it's like, oh. Do you think you're going to have arthritis from it? Nah, I'll be fine. I'd be be fine. You'd be fine. (laughs) Well, this has been a very fun podcast. We hope you get your Christmas tree up and that it's beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, you guys definitely do. Um, Sorry to all my lovely Christmas tree growers and to Pola family in Washington State that we have a fake tree this year, but uh, 
that's what it is. Also, sorry for all the men that listen to our podcast for uh, having to hear about my birth for a long time. Yeah, we'll try to talk about a guy thing here soon, but uh, that was really on our hearts as new babies. But you know what? Great dads mean everything. Casey's yeah. a cool, great dad. And, um, and HB's precious. And our hat's off to them. Yeah. And um, he went, I will talk about his first little outing. Uh, besides the doctor, what was his first outing, Hannah? His first outing in a public place besides the hospital uh, was church. You took him to church when he was five days old? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, five days. I think that's pretty great. But anyway, I hope you guys, um, I thought that was a cool little thing to bring up. Hope you guys get your trees up. We're going to start baking cookies this week. Yes. And uh, I don't know what kinds I'm going to make. I'm going to make Christmas crack. Okay, you make Christmas crack. I'm going to do the rollout cookies. Maybe we can have some of the kids over and we can decorate yes, and make but, royal icing. But mom. Yes, ma'am. Okay, I know you're probably going to say no because this is going to put too much on our plate. But. But what? I want to make those eggnog cinnamon rolls that I, that I found, remember? We might, but then we have to eat them and you've been losing weight and I've been tribe. I got a cruise to go on. You've got over a month for that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. We hope you're enjoying the Christmas season. We love you all. We're thankful for our little blessing this year. And um, And the tax credit. (laughs) Oh, well, there you go, sis. (laughs) You had to to go there. Anyway, we love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful um, week. We'll talk to you soon and be blessed. All right. Love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.